What's up, everybody? This is Andy Spiteri from the Champions Cast, and like I promised during our last episode of the definitive ranking of Twilight Princess, here is the original version posted by Mossies and Gooey to Zelda Dungeon's YouTube channel. Definitely make sure that you uh, check out our YouTube channel for more of these. There's going to be one video per month. Uh, without any further ado, here is their original ranking of Twilight Princess by category. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the definitive ranking of Twilight Princess. This is the first episode in a new series where in each episode we will be talking about one individual Legend of Zelda game and we are going to be judging it across 10 categories. And we've carefully selected this criteria as we feel this best encompasses what makes a Legend of Zelda game. But it's not just my opinion, not just your opinion. No. This time around, it's different. I created a poll, sent it out, the entire Zelda Dungeon staff filled out their thoughts on Twilight Princess, and we also sent it out to the community on social media, here at YouTube, and we've tallied over 500 votes in the community poll. And uh, on the right here, you'll see all of that data available. You'll see our total scores, the averages, and it's totally up for interpretation to what you think is the definitive ranking. Uh, and as we have more episodes and as we have more games, uh, I'm excited to see how my rankings differ from yours, differ from the staff's, and differ from the communities. And uh, you know, as we get further into the series, we'll have more data. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Before getting, what are your, you, we both had a chance to replay Twilight Princess recently. Yes. What uh, some overall thoughts before we get into the categories. Twilight Princess has always been a game that's kind of special to me in a way because I got it for the GameCube back in the day when I was real young. I was like a, a teenager, had a lot of spare time. I actually told a story in a compendium once about how I got in a car accident right after I got it and I couldn't work and I just spent the whole week, much like I did for this, just playing through the entire game in that one go, which really you know, added, like, it's always tied to that specific memory, even though it's a bad one. So, you know, no matter what I say, this is a great game that I like a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and to me, Twilight Princess uh, is all is synonymous with the Nintendo Wii mm. to me, because it was, that was the first Nintendo console I got at launch, and Twilight Princess was a launch game. I got home, uh, I played Wii Sports first, but I, I immediately jumped <laughs> into Twilight Princess and the, the Wii to me was the last console where I was like actively playing a lot of like new games. I kind of fell off after the Wii. And oh, okay. I had some 25, 30 games, I think, for the Wii over its life cycle. And I could say without it, there's no doubt, Twilight Princess is one of my favorite, if not perhaps my favorite game for the console. Okay. And, and uh, so it's, it's, it's special to me, too. So we got a Wii and a GameCube. Because mm. for me, I, when people say it's a Wii game, I'm like... Oh, I it's definitively a GameCube game. <laughs> I think of it as a Wii game, even though it was developed as a GameCube game. Just as I think of Breath uh, of, of the course. Wild as yeah. a Switch game, even though it was developed as a Wii U game. Yeah. So it, that's up for interpretation. Yeah. But uh, I like, I love Twilight Princess. It's one of my, it's my favorite, one of my favorite Wii games. Uh, but we're not ranking it as a Wii game. We're ranking it as a, Zelda a Legend, game. Legend of Zelda game. Yes. So uh, the first category we have is the world. And that in of itself is up for interpretation of what it really means. In my mind, it was like not just the setting, but how they use it. You know, the 
the characters, the towns, you know, not not stuff that not characters like the story, but you know, like the people you meet, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I think one of the first things that pops into a lot of people's mind when world comes is the overworld. But then there's more to it than that. So I think the world in Twilight Princess has a like cool kind of variety of locations. Like they really went like, okay, this is the forest area. This is the mountain. This is they like desert, uh, snow area, whatever you want to call it. Like they, I think they really did aim for that in a pretty, there's like some areas that are, that stand out really well in that regard too. I do think though, going back to the, the overworld idea, it, some of it I feel like is too big for its own good mm-hmm. and like not as interesting as it should be. Like when I think of the overworld, it feels like they took maybe like four Hyrule fields from Ocarina of Time and put them, you know, south, north, west, east, right. but kept them about as sparsely populated as the Ocarina of Time. Yeah. With like kind of like corridors connecting it. Right. So I feel like you, I did lose the feeling a little bit of like when you first come out into the field and, you know, an Ocarina of Time, for example, and you're like, wow, look at this because it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's closed off a bit. And then also when you're first encountering it, it's covered in twilight. Mm -hmm. So it does feel a bit restrictive. So yeah, I feel like overall, you know, it, to me, it struck me as a little bit bland. Yeah. But with like pockets of interesting areas. Yeah. It, you make the comparison to Ocarina, and I think it's a good comparison. Yeah. There's a major difference to me, though. I feel like Hyrule Field in Ocarina was a hub where it, it like, it, you can go to, you can go back to the forest, you can go to the castle, it, it, you yeah, can go to exactly. Lake Hylia, Zora's Dome, you know, all the different regions are connected via Hyrule Field. I don't feel that way about the Twilight Princess Hyrule Field. I feel uh, I don't necessarily think like linearity is a is the worst thing in the Zelda series. No, but, definitely not. But in this case, this is it. I think at its worst, where mm-hmm. you go into what's South Hyrule Field and it's that open, and like I'm ready to explore, see where I can go. You go to one end. Oh, there's a gate that you know Link can't jump over. You go to the south, and there's just rocks that block your path. Mm-hmm. And then there's this giant area that there's like a golden bug here, a piece of heart here, but there's not. There's no sense of adventuring. You can't yeah. wander and get lost. Like, I remember playing Ocarina and going to Lake Hylia right after I got out of the forest. And, like, the owl was, like, yelling at you, telling you to go over there. But you could go there. Mm-hmm. You could go to Garuda Valley. You could go to Kakariko Village. You know, you could go to all these places. Right. And that's lost in the world of Twilight Princess. And I think it's where it's, like, there's south, then there's the Kakariko Gorge, then the Bridge of Elden, then north. And it's, like, these giant clusters... They're somewhat connected. There's not much there. There's not. There's. I don't like the tra- the the. I don't like traversing over these areas. Yeah, like the game does lead you kind of uh, counterclockwise through Hyrule Field for the first couple hours. Then you're like kind of free to go anywhere. You mean clockwise? No, because you. Oh, <laughs> I like what you did there. I yeah yeah. I played the uh, Twilight Princess on hero mode. Just because it looks like the Wii version, so like that's um, that's still the version I'm I love. Okay, that's that's <laughs> to me, Lake Hylia. That's is the perspective on the right. these are bringing here. Lake Hylia is on the right side. <laughs> so by the time you can go wherever in in the overworld, it's like you can kind of just warp everywhere yes. too, and it's just like I'm gonna warp here, and then 
you blast off into the desert, which yeah. is just a separate area. Right. Same thing kind of like Snow Peak area does feel like you just go through like a tunnel and I yeah. mean, whatever, it's a video game, so I get that. So it has a lot of these areas, like the towns, and and that like brings me to the next part of what I think of when I think of world is the, the NPCs, mm-hmm. or like the unimportant characters, I would say. They're a bit scattered in Twilight Princess. There is a good quantity of them when I think about it, but in the individual locations, I feel it's very barren. Okay. Like, you go to Lake Hylia, and there's two residents that live there. I feel one of the things that it's, it probably did better in probably later games, but... Uh, some of the races, like in particular, like the Zora, outside of Prince Ralph and Queen, Queen Ratella, there's there's like 50 Zora like all over the place, mm-hmm. and like none That's of them. Cool, though. But none of them have any distinctive characteristics. They don't have any distinctive looks. They don't have any names. They like, mm-hmm. and they're kind of bland to me. The Gorons, at least, they did a little bit more with the elders, and I like how they appear. They had a wider cast, maybe. Yeah, and then they appear in Kakariko later later on. One of them is about uh-huh. the hidden village. Those they do a better job with those. But overall, um, I did not, and I didn't really like the characters of Twilight Princess. Yeah. There's that whole resistance group where they just—it's like midway through the game they kind of introduce them as you know Shad and Ashea and. I feel like they're more like the way they tell their story is just kind of like you meet them and they go hi. Here's my character trait, and then here's a thing you need. See you later. You yep. know what I mean? Like you don't you don't really like bond with them, right? So I I didn't feel much with that. I didn't go as negative with you with the world just because I there were some genuinely nice mm-hmm. areas that kind of surprised me a little bit because when I think of it, I usually just think of like you know a bland overworld, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you get into some of the nitty gritty, I think there's some cool stuff. To yeah. where So I couldn't say like this is bad, you know. Okay. But I, I, yeah, it's not my favorite. It's one of my least favorite worlds of a Zelda game. Yeah, I, I gave it a one out of five because I felt it was. It's. I think it's the weakest overworld of of the entire series. Okay. Myself. I, I couldn't. That's that's what really I was like. Is is it the one of the worst? I I don't know. I couldn't say for sure, but I didn't. I didn't feel that negatively about it this time around. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the art style, which kind of blends in with the world a little bit. When I was saying the initial thoughts, I think of I think the textures and it's kind of bland, and I I would think of like the twilight covering in the in the sky. So it's like the sky is kind of ugly, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it is one of my I, again. It's I don't think it's uh, much like the world. I don't think it's like truly abysmal as uh, some people have said on our staff but uh it's one of my least favorite art styles i will say well i'll jump into (laughs) it right away i gave it a one as well yeah it's it's probably my least favorite (laughs) bad first two categories yeah this is just bad to start with for (laughs) sure the twilight is the overarching theme of this game yeah really it's in the title it's always around you can see it in the distance it's kind of dreadful I don't like I don't like the dark theme and and it plays into it's, the theme of the game. It's supposed to be dreadful in a way, it, but it's also dreadful to look at. I, I think, think it's more dread for me. It's more dreadful and it'll it leaks into every category. It it's, does. It's more dreadful in the sense of like I dread playing it, not like I think it wants to be foreboding and dreadful, like scary. But for me, it's more of like here comes this part of the game that I don't like to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Yeah, the the art style. I there there are some okay spots in the game though that I that I thought even especially on the HD version I thought this is beautiful. 
Okay, so, like which ones stand out to you? Um, I really like uh, Lake Hylia, for example. I think okay. it's, I think it's even though it, we did say it's kind of barren when when you're looking around, it's this is one area that I think justifies being kind of big because you've got. I don't know when I'm doing the thing with the cuckoo and flying down and the music's playing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the more uh, charming areas of the game. Number one spot for me was the fishing hole. Oh, okay, wow. If I was not playing this, you know, sort of quickly t- to go through the game, I would have probably spent more time there. Okay, it's very relaxing, very chill. It made me wish that the mechanics of it were deeper, so it would justify, mm-hmm. you know, like I was like I could play a game of this. Or yeah. Just, you know, chilling on the boat fishing. I thought yeah. it was very beautiful. But then there are a lot of areas like Grudo Desert and uh, climbing up Snow Peak or whatever. I just, I was kind of like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yes. And that's outside of it. That's not even a Twilight thing, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so it does bleed over to the world a little bit. I, I'll give one highlight. I do like the Bridge of Elden in particular, that first battle with King Boblin. Yeah, where, where it shows it like zooms out and it shows them and Link is on his horse with his sword in the. I mean, this the, game uh, started early with having just some cool like cinematics. It did that, you know, has carried over into like mm-hmm. Skyward Sword and even some Breath of the Wild. So and that kind of carries over to our our next category, which is the yes the storyline. This is where we differ the most, I think. Yeah, and uh, I will. It, it's worth noting that this is one of the highest things that the community voted on. Yeah, they, they gave it an, an average of four point four, as, as oh, yeah. did the staff, and uh, I actually gave it a four out of five too, the mm-hmm. the story because um, there's a lot there's the overarching story that you, you in the game and uh, I think of Zant as a villain, and I really I actually really like him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I've been I in replaying I realize he's not actually as present as I thought he was. Early on, there's that initial cutscene where the, 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 the shadow be storm Hyrule Castle. I felt like he's, like, legitimately scary. And, like, yeah, the he's... world is miserable in this game. More so than I think any, like, even, like, the Dark World and, like, the past. I don't think of it as a miserable place. Like, uh-huh. But, like, the world is really bad. It, like, and everybody's terrible, terrified. And I feel that... I, I know I kind of said it as a negative. The dread of of like the world it amplified Zant as a like a negative character negative in the terms of like he's like an evil character I should say I like Zant I like um and then some of his minions too like King Boblin in particular that was cool that yeah he's great and that scene at the beginning where they it, towards the beginning of the game where the King Boblin and the Bol they storm Ordon Spring mm-hmm. and they hit they hit Ilio and they hit Link and they they captured them, and he turns the place. In. Like, like to me, I was like, wow. Like I hadn't seen that in Zelda really that at least that often up until that uh-huh. point. And I I like the characters, um, but in addition to that, there's some minor story elements too. Like like the story arcs of some of the, I like the kids in particular, the children yeah, of Ordon. Yeah, I really do. I like, you know, I I like Talo in particular and Colin, of course. Like he he's like this weakling, small character who doesn't like adventuring. He doesn't want to. He's all safe, but like it's fairly early in the game. But he builds the courage to save Beth by shoving her out of the way, and he's the one that gets captured by King Boblin. I like his story arc, and then like even later on when you know Link saves him, 
and they're back at Kakariko. One of my favorite scenes. It's such a minor thing. He's talking about like strength that he has, and he's like holding his hand up, mm-hmm. and then like he falls, like he's. And then uh, Talo, who Talo early in the game is just like punishing Colin and yelling at him and calling him a weakling. Like Colin falls down and he like tries to pick him up on oh, his back yeah, and like sure. drag him, but he's too small to pick. I love it. It's it's a good. <laughs> that sticks out to me. So I like this. So I do think it's a little incoherent towards the the yeah. later portions, which prevent it from being a total package. Mm-hmm. But comparatively to most Zelda games, this is one of the few stories where I feel I'm very invested in. Okay. You didn't even mention Midna, which no, people talk about. <laughs> no. So if you would have asked me before we did this, if I was just making a ranking going on like what I – because a lot of times I've played it more recently, the story is – and skipping through it, you know, so I was like excited to sit down and kind of experience the story again, mm-hmm. especially because it was one I remembered so fondly. And if you had asked me before, I would have probably given it a, a four. But this, this, I playing it again, and it's it's hard to sum all these things up because so much there's so much in this story, and I think there are a lot of interesting ideas and like characters and and stuff that I remembered. But I thought that. One, I, I thought maybe it was overstuffed in a lot of ways with a lot okay. of different things and kind of, like you said, incoherent a little bit. Okay. And also the pacing of it, it just didn't hit me the same way that I thought. And, okay. And I was thinking, like, a lot of moments to me felt kind of unearned. Like, okay. I didn't feel the emotional impact. Like, Midna was a character I remembered having, uh, I always defended because uh, there are people who felt like, she was kind of unsubtle and didn't really have development. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you kind of see the little changes as things go on. Um, I wouldn't say that it she has, like, abrupt changes or anything, but I also wouldn't say there's any subtle character development happening through a lot of the story. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was kind of it just kind of bland to me. I was I was it, surprised. She She does have some development in her, like, I like her interactions with Princess Zelda. Yeah. Early on, she, she kind of despises her. But then, like, later on, she, like, it's like she comes around a little bit. Like, you know what? Maybe she's not that bad of a person after all. Well, so so they had one interaction in the beginning of the game. She takes you to see Zelda, and they're kind of joking around a little bit. And it's it's brief. The next time you see Zelda, it's the moment where she goes, I know who you are, and I'm mm-hmm. going to sacrifice myself for you. And I just feel like... It did just didn't hit me at all because I was like, "Who is this character? I know nothing about her." You know, I don't know what you're referring to Zelda. Zelda. Yeah. Okay. I don't know much about their. You know, we just didn't get anything. You know, yeah. and that's how I feel about the the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with it with Zant. I like the idea of Zant, and I I actually think the idea of his story, even through introducing Ganondorf, which a lot of people don't like, I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think with a lot of things, it's just like there's just not enough. Uh, I I wish they would have explored certain things more. Yeah. Okay. Or and maybe taken certain things out so that you could explore certain things more. Yeah. Because I think there is enough in the game to keep you going throughout the story, but then it's like they add more on top of it. This comes yeah. up more in the pacing category, I feel like. But it's like it's like I feel like there is a good story underneath. All of this, but they had to put in so much because right. of gameplay or whatever purposes that it's. Yeah. To me, it was kind of a mess. So. Yeah. There was good uh, ideas I liked, but overall, it's not like 
it's not one that I felt like st- still connects with me, I guess. The, the biggest negative to me with the story would be the inclusion of Ganondorf, actually. Okay. I don't, I, yeah. That being said, I do really like – there's some scenes that are very memorable to me. I love that scene after you beat the Lake Bed Temple with Lanayru and Zant. Uh, and that's where, you know, mm-hmm. that's where Midna gets kind of beaten up. And I also like the execution scene with the sages. After uh, you beat yeah, that's Art. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So there's some standouts, even with some of the, like, well, Gandor for the character, I don't really like. But, you know, we said the Twilight is kind of uh, all across all categories for me, like, leaks into it. Like, for me, the world is so, it's so dreadful and all this stuff. But I also like don't didn't get a sense of you see every area in Twilight before anything else, mm-hmm. and I don't know. For me, it's just like I think there's enough to get you through the game without the Twilight. Basically, like yeah. you have to go save your friends at first, yeah. and then you know you get tied in. You could get tied into this larger resistance later on in the game, and I think that is interesting. But because they kind of take the backseat to Midna's story, who can't change radically too much because she also has to be your companion Mm -hmm. so she kind of has to be a kind of a consistent thing throughout the game i i think it kind of hurts and i think a lot of your growth towards liking midna maybe would work better if um the things you do with midna were more fun and we'll get to some of those (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) well you've dabbled a few times now into pacing yeah, you talked about it with you know just now and talking about the storyline, and that's our. I think this is the one thing you and I uh, un- unanimously agree about Twilight Princess, and probably its biggest flaw, maybe. Yeah, or one of well, them. That, yeah, this is for me the. It, it's the worst thing about the game. Okay, and then also I think this is the game one of the worst games in regards to pacing. Okay. So that's going to, yeah, that's why my score is so low. Going with the Twilight thing, we can talk about maybe the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, this is where I think it's it's amplified. This was, I, I changed, I felt a little bit better about it later, but it still had the same similar issues where I think there's an interest, like for example, with the story, there's already something interesting going on there. You meet some people, you're, you know, in your town, you know, it's they're kind of endearing these kids, and then you go off on this quest to save the monkey. Yeah, this is a good example for all the dungeons because they all do have a pretty cool story in each dungeon mm-hmm. to get you through the dungeon. But then they have to throw on the twilight portion where now you know now it's kind of dismal and mm-hmm. you're playing as a wolf. I really don't. I th- this might come down to how you feel about this. I th- I really don't like playing as the wolf, and I don't like going to the dot. Killing the thing, you know, it's uh, to me, it's very repetitive mm-hmm. and not right. very interesting. Um, then you, then you can finally, well, then actually you come out of that, and then you have to collect your gear, you know, is it so it's and you have to go to the castle and meet Zelda. This is all before getting to the first dungeon. Well, you know? before because you didn't even get to the Tears of Light yet. And then throughout the game, I think every air, everything is like that, where it's like there's one kind of fun thing you can do. And then there's like the twilight portion or something like that. Like every every area between the dungeons is probably twice as long as it should be. I think this is amplified very much early on. You go to the forest temple three times before you actually can actually get into it because you you go you find Talo, then you have to go back as a wolf, and it's it's obnoxious. It really is. That part where they throw Hyrule Castle in at the beginning mm-hmm. is so odd, and that is one of my least favorite portions. Of the entire Zelda series, I think. Yeah. 
navigating Hyrule Castle. The sewers. The the sewers and the rooftops. It's, I don't like that area at all. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I understand, like, they're trying, it's a whole, it's a tutorial. It really is. Mm -hmm. This is how you use your wolf mechanics. But it's like, it was just giving you a tutorial on how to use your human mechanics. And we haven't used them, really. It's like, Oh, here, let's just throw some more tutorials at you. Right. Over, and then it's it's slow. And I remember feeling it being slow even at the time. I know this is, I think, amplified with repeat playthroughs. It, absolutely, yeah. But I remember even initially it felt like, when, you know, when are we going to get into the action here? I, I didn't have this idea about pacing. That's something that's come more as we've talked i remember a very shallow thinking but i was just kind of like i don't like playing as the wolf you know okay. and i and i remember after you can transform back and forth feeling like liberated a little bit yeah but i didn't be i because of the time i wasn't thinking like you know oh that took so long to get to i think that really stands out now now do you feel that it gets better in the later portion of the game well sort of but even then, there's okay. So when you you get to oh, it's after you beat Lanayru. Okay. So Twilight has been cleared. Yeah. But now you have to go back to Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, the sewers again. Yeah. Or the rooftops or whatever. Now you have to go, and then you have to go to Lost Woods, which I I don't mind as other people do. But oh, I, the Sacred Grove. I, yeah, I don't I don't really mind that. There is that puzzle. I think it's kind of silly. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I hate chasing the skull kid around. That's that's awful to me, at least. I, I think it's okay once, but like it would be okay later in the game when you go back. <laughs> anyway, you do all that. Then now you're ready. Now you're a human again, and now you're ready to do what I think is like whatever, the next fun thing to progress the story, you know? Mm. So there's that there. Um, after that, like there might be between two dungeons where I think it's appropriate, you know, yeah. the appropriate length. No, actually, because then after Arbiter's Grounds, it's going to Snow Peak, yeah. right? Just fine, solid one, mm-hmm. I think. After you beat that, it's going to Temple of Time. Temple of Time, I like that one, but you mm-hmm. know, we did do that that same thing earlier, but it's good. So there's two. Then it's the city in the, the city in the sky. Yeah. Which has again fun stuff in it, but there, I don't know why it's like twice as long as it needs to be. You <laughs> the, know? The, the lead up when you have to go and find all the statues, talk the shed, and get the statues would be like a fun collectible on their own. Maybe um, I think the hidden village is a fun moment. Everyone mm-hmm. can kind of agree on that. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of just going back and forth. You know, take this letter to this person. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of bulky. It's in it and it's and it's different. Not that you want the same thing between every dungeon, but it was like, why is this part so huge? This part, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wh- it, no, yeah. The pacing can switch it up. I don't mind that. But, yeah, like I would. I don't mind bulky things. It's yeah. just it felt. Yeah, it's the, weird. Well, it's one of those things where the the story is awkwardly paced at this point too. Because like I feel after the scene with the sages and Ganondorf, the story I think comes to a screeching halt at that point. And maybe we're at the halfway point of the game. Maybe a little. I don't even know. Yeah. We, we four, we're four dungeons in. We've got five more to go. So you, you tell me where we're, where we're at <laughs> in the game. But, like, there's, like, no – you don't see Xant. You don't see Ganondorf from that point it's, you until collect, the Palace of Twilight. Yeah. And it's – that's a long portion of the game. 
Whereas I think like early on in the game they were they were they were introducing these elements. Sure, yeah. And it just disappears. I don't like it. It's it's not good. It's one of the worst, I think. Yeah. All right, moving onward. Uh, everything's kind of bleeding into each other here, but uh, the gameplay and the yeah, combat. Yeah, again, I I think gameplay on its own, just like the – it's extremely polished like a Zelda game would be. Like it, okay. it just feels good, you know, like like fighting with your sword. You know, you got the, the hidden skills, all that. Like there's nothing that I can say like this is truly bad. Um, but I think – I do think it's a little bit uninteresting. Like, okay. Like there aren't a lot of times where I don't run up to an enemy and just go, yeah. They give you the hidden skills, but it's kind of just like, wouldn't you like to easily kill this enemy in a cooler way? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's different from a game like Breath of the Wild, where you have similar skills, but I feel like you have to master them because you actually need them. You know what I mean? Well, I'd argue the later when you're fighting the, uh, you know, the Iron Knuckles later on. There's yeah, I. I, I'll give some credit to that. I did find, like, I have found a way to just kind of cheese it. It probably okay. takes longer than you could, but I just keep side rolling around yep, him and slash until it works. So I don't, I don't feel like this is thrilling gameplay, but okay. I can't say it's bad. Bad, like it's, it, you know, it feels good. I'm surprised you gave it a three out of five based on what you said earlier, because you got to think of mine. Like a third of the gameplay, maybe is that too much is the wolf. Yes, I, I strongly dislike the wolf. Yes, that. Um, this is what gave it my score of a two. Actually. Okay, yeah, no, I that that is what's holding it. Like for me, it's it's good, it, but even even the wolf stuff like doesn't feel bad. Like I'm never oh. like, but to me, it, it's it's also uninteresting. Like what are the, the things you do as a wolf are hold B to make that shield come around you to kill the three guys at once. Mm-hmm. I, that's not great to me, um, but you know it doesn't feel bad. Uh, sniffing stuff yeah. is whatever digging holes it's kind of cool you know the fact that you can talk to animals is kind of neat yeah. i like that but then the other the thing that really sticks out to me cuz you do it a lot is the jumping up with midna it's like a hook shot but even worse cuz it's just like you literally just stand in the right spot and press a button. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you fall. Like, I don't really understand why. I, I've i had that every once in a while, but usually it just is like the, you just press A and you go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I think of one of the early areas when you're going across the forest where you can't fall down into the, okay, you blow. Into the goo. And I just <laughs> think how long this takes. Like, to go stand over here. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. I have to walk five feet forward. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. The music, too. Same thing, climbing up the frozen waterfall in Zora's Yeah, that's the one I always fall. I don't know why. I I fall there. It's slippery. I think there's one point where, like, an icicle falls. It's like, Mm. that's where they introduce, like, what if you had to time it? But it's really, like, okay. (laughs) So, I don't know. I I, I don't think it's, like, awful. Like, if I was just rating the wolf thing, I would give it, like, a two. You know what I mean? But I think the, the combat is fun enough that it... It all balances. Like, playing it, like, most of the game when you're playing it outside of the wolf stuff just feels like a a pretty good Zelda game. So yeah. I couldn't be too negative about it. The sword mechanics are fine. I think it was a good advancement compared to, like, over Wind Waker where they – I think they did add more to it. Mm-hmm. I do like some of it. I like doing the helm splitter. I like the mortal draw. I don't know if you ever used yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, I, liked, I like them all. I just feel like they um, – Maybe on the flip side, like they didn't come un- come up with enough to like make you want to use it. I think. Yeah. That so maybe that 
falls more into like the enemy yeah. category. I don't know, but I, f- I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a more style. Th- a lot of things in the game, I actually think there's a little bit more style than there is substance. You know okay. what I mean? Where it's like, this is very cool, so I like it because it's cool. Yeah. But they didn't. I don't think they explored it as much as they could have. This does translate right into the, the, you know, we talk about the items and abilities. Like, I, I, absolutely, yeah, because I think I rarely feel compelled to use a lot of the items for combat, except for it's an enemy where you very specifically need to, which is kind of rare, I feel like. Right. You need, like, the ball and chain against the ice enemies. Yeah. You, you know, I find myself using the bow a little more often. I, yeah, I like the bow. I find myself using the bomb arrows actually quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too. Because what, like, you have a plethora of bombs. So yeah, especially if about. you're if you're getting like in my recent playthrough, I got all three bomb bags and the bomb upgrade. Okay. So I got like I think I got two. So like a hundred and twenty bombs. You're just like yeah, exactly. You're just running around with bombs. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the average enemy is just like a a Bokoblin or a Moblin, like one of the Blins that you're just like... <laughs> All the Blins. <laughs> with the items, though, there's also like the puzzle aspect to them. I don't know. I think there's, with the items, there's a lot of them. And they, in their areas, they, I think the main criticism is that they don't get used a lot outside of their areas. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, I, I think there's some truth to that. Um, but I, I do think they come up with a... Again, I think it's a little bit more style over over substance where they come up with something really fun and flashy to do in the area you get the item that makes it kind of worth it. Like you get the ball and chain and then you're wrecking the ice enemies. Yeah. Feels pretty fun. Yeah, it's very rewarding actually using that item, I think. The spinner people bring up a lot as far as like you don't really use it elsewhere. Mm. And even on this replay, I was kind of like not really loving it in the area you use it because you mm-hmm. are just kind of limited to the one room almost basically the, yeah in and the dungeon in the boss i mean maybe maybe it's now that we have shield surfing where i think that is amazing and you have so much more you can do with it but whereas the spinner i feel like you're kind of limited to the areas Where, in the wall and you just it's about timing you know yeah wherever so, there are rails yeah the one area i really like it is in the first phase of the Stallard. yeah where you have to like you you actually saw my fight mm-hmm. this time around and how I got some really lucky bounces. You, you demolished them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. The second the second phase is the the people like a lot too. It is more of that timing thing where you just jump 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 jump. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, when I think of the items of this game, the the first thing that comes to mind, I don't know why, is you get the slingshot and then like immediately gets replaced. That, Not immediately, but it gets. Fairly quickly by the bow and arrow. That fits, like, right into that thesis statement of, like, they think of something... I guess they don't think of anything extremely fun with the slingshot. But you know what I mean? It becomes... I used it once later because I ran out of arrows. Okay. But that's kind of... <laughs> that's rare that that happens. Yeah. But, yeah, that's where they they immediately forget about a lot of the items. Some of the optional items that you get in the game, there's not that many. I, mm-hmm. You get, like, the, the Hawkeye... It's it's okay. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's optional though. I'm okay with that. Where it's like an optional fun item. Right. It makes like doing the the bases and the hidden village like kind of fun to do. Yeah. Know? We talked about the spinner. It's used a lot. There's a few heart pieces and a few like caverns you can only reach with with the spinner. Yeah. Not much. Uh, I think it's even worse with the dominion rod. Like it's only to move the statues really. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Then you get towards the later dungeons. You get to. Like the city in the sky. What's the dungeon item? Oh, it's a 
second claw shot, which is cool. I like being able to, you know, yeah. but like, it's nothing new. It gets worse with the Palace of Twilight. Like, what is the Palace of Twilight dungeon item? Like a, is it, is yeah, it even more powerful? I don't even know if it actually strengthens. That's sort of a, like, it's not a full dungeon, I don't feel like, though. You know what I mean? Well, probably because you don't get a dungeon item. <laughs> like, I mean, that's one of the criteria. Like, and it's, I don't know. The, like, I don't, I don't have fun outside of the stables, like really just the bombs and the arrows. I think those mm-hmm. are fun. The claw shot's okay. Other than that, I don't really like using any of my weapons. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, go-to. Like, I don't think I ever use the Gale Boomerang unless you absolutely have to. It's not yeah, fun. E- even that, it's like... I I don't know. It's I when I want an item that maybe will significantly change the game play yeah. for me, where it's like everything is different now. Yeah. Or it's like I get the Gale Boomerang and I'm thinking, okay, I can move those platforms now. Right. It's a lot of the weapons. It boils down to they're dictated based on your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can only use the Gale Boomerang. Oh, you see little propellers or something. You can throw it at enemies. But then like yeah. you can only use the spinner if there's rails. You can only use the Dominion Rod if there's a giant statue. You can only... I don't even know what the the, the upgraded sword mm-hmm. is just to get rid of Twilight. And so it's like... They do come up with... Uh, one thing they do that I think is cool is they come up with cool combinations of items sometimes, like... The Hawkeye and the bow. Hawkeye and the, and the bow. Those... Oh, I also think of just, like, you use the boots to walk on the wall, and then you... Th- that's another one where you're kind of dictated by your surroundings, yes, actually. Yeah. But it carries over into the water. But, you know, you gotta, like, walk on the wall and shoot your arrow... Other games, I think, have done that a little bit better. Yeah. But, uh, to, again, I think it is more of they created the item, thought of a big, memorable use for it, and then kind of were like, well, we got to do something else, you know? I think yeah. the game is a little bit bloated in that sense. Yeah. Where other Zelda games have done a good job of, like, incorporating all the items. Right. Let's finally jump into what I think is the biggest strength of the game. Me too, yeah. Well, it, it's it's one thing that it does really well, I think. I gave the dungeons of Twilight Princess the perfect five. Yes. Because I find it hard-pressed to find a Zelda game that has better dungeons, actually. I, I, like, mm-hmm. um, I like the grand nature of all of these dungeons. They all feel... They're all big, but they're all different, and they're very different, actually. Mm-hmm. They're all uh, themed... Based on their surroundings, like I like the forest temple. Yeah, and it's, not just its surroundings. It's not just it's in the for well maybe that one a little bit, but Snow Peak for example is like it's not just ice level. It's it's got a specific explainable thing of what it is. It's, yeah, you know maybe you don't know exactly what the story is there, but it's a mansion. You know, right? What I mean? Yeah, the Goron Mines for example. It's not just fire. It's a mine. You know what I mean? Like it's a real place. So yeah, that is awesome. It's right. one of the best things about it. It covers almost every theme. There's a forest-based theme. There's a fire-based yes. theme. There's a water-based one. There's a uh, like a undead one, I guess. Yeah, it, again, desert, <laughs> and it's like this. What was it? A prison, or they executed? Yeah. I don't know. It's but it's it's cool. Yeah, and I love the diversity. I love the quantity. A lot of them I've mentioned this before have a, a story that carries through. Yeah, from the outside world into the location which helps make it feel real so like you got to save the monkeys mm-hmm. you know you go and you save all the monkeys the goron mines is you got the elders are you know they're all trapped in there and you got to the two, the mini boss and the boss are the corrupted uh, corrupted elders yeah that that carries over i mean not all of them are like that but a lot of them kind of have you 
know why you're there. You know, it, it makes sense why you're there. It's mm-hmm. not just like time to go to level three, you know? Yeah. Temple of Time, I'm not too hot on. Um, and we talked about Palace of Twilight. I don't really like okay. that. But, you know, the others are such positives to me that... Uh, I even I like Temple of Time, actually. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 because, because it does a good job. It's a good linear dungeon, I think. They're all kind of linear. They are actually. actually. And they or they're all they all do a good job of masking their linearity, mm-hmm. but they they're all kind of uh navigationally similar in a lot of ways. But Temple of Time like does not try to hide it, you know. Yeah. But a lot of them are go one way, can't go this way, you need a key. You go the other way, you get the key, then you go through the whole loop and you come around yeah. and then you go through the whole loop, but you're always coming back to this big central, central room. Yeah. That yeah. kind of defines it. And then you go forward and there's a little bit more to do with the item, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what stops it from a five to me is like, n- not a lot of them I would rank on like, uh, like my favorite dungeons necessarily. There are, there are some standouts in this though. So I, yeah. but it's to me, I think there are other games where it's, there's a little bit more diversity in the navigation. Okay. But this one has everything else down to a T. But I do like Temple of Time because I like... Okay. You go up one way and it's kind of hard and you got puzzles. Then the way down, you're just smashing stuff. Yeah. And I think that... It's a rewarding fun. feeling. It, that guy. Yeah. yeah. So that even that is like, even though it's not an explicit story, that's the, that dungeon has a story to me, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of the story of the dungeons comes down to like the bosses that you encounter in them. And, the, you know, I'm... I'm oh, kind there, of, yeah. I'm kind of mixed on the bosses. I like... The grand, like this is everything is just big in this game, and it's got. I never played Shadow of the Colossus, but that's always the go-to comparison, where everything I is think just gigantic. They're going for that a little bit with the bosses, with a lot of them, yeah. I like some of them are not the most intriguing boss battles. I think of like yeah, Fyrus in the Goron Mines. He's not that exciting, and mm-hmm. but like he's this unchained, like this guy who's chained as a beast, and he's on fire, and he he's got that aesthetic that looks. Amazing. The boss battle is pretty, pretty actually underwhelming. You yeah, shoot, shoot him in the eye and you pull his chain and you know. For he, me, it's it's like a lot of the other things where I felt like is a little bit more style okay. over substance. Kind of what I feel like that's sort of what you're saying. Like big memorable moments and bosses, but like the actual act of fighting it isn't that interesting, you know. But mm-hmm. um, but I I think uh just for the fact that. They're interesting. They have a story, you know, justification. Every dungeon has a mini boss too. Yeah, and like a big mini boss too. Not, not just uh, like like a, a glorified like, like a Lazalfos or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But even even then, like that goes back to what I was saying. The dungeons are all similar in the same way. <laughs> you beat the mini boss, you get the item. You know, like. Uh, they they definitely settled on a formula here with some of this stuff. One thing I like about a lot of the mini bosses is, you know, we've talked about justifying the the dungeon as a real setting. A lot of the mini bosses uh, justify the item. Like you get the boomerang from the monkey in the first one. Uh, yeah, ook. From, ook. Yeah. Uh, you the get, baboon. You know, you fight a guy with the ball and chain. And you get the ball and chain from him. Mm-hmm. So I I love that that it's like. It feels like okay, I got his item or something like right, that. Right? Yeah, know? yeah. It's really rewarding when you're literally fighting the boss who's using the weapon that you get. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's cool. It, it you see it in use from this menacing yeah. bad guy. You know, it's got almost like a Mega Man vibe of you're stealing <laughs> the, the boss's uh, ability. 
But. Yeah. You know, en- enemies was a thing that we had in here too. And I did want to say, I, I talked about how, you know, a lot of them, you know, you just kind of go up and cha 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 cha. But right. uh, I do like that there there is like, um, as far as appearance and stuff, like in each area, they do a good job of like, you know, when you're in the forest, here's like spiders and stuff like that. You know, when you're in the the desert, there's like the, all the different types of skeletons. You know, there's a good job of, of just terms of like uh, the aesthetic differences. Yeah. I think they do a good job of like setting the tone in the area as well. I like the little stall stallkins. I think they're yeah, the, the mini, little guys. mini skeletons that are like they're like I don't know. And it really works with the with the sand and and the little bugs there. Like a lot of that is about like encumbering you yeah. or like the the big ones who scream and they freeze you. You know. All of those. <laughs> I hate those guys. I, you know what? I don't. I did not encounter a single one of them. I did not let a single one of them scream at me. That's good. I bomb arrowed them from a They're distance. They're obnoxious, but I think it works with the theme of like the desert and everything yeah. encumbering you and making it harder to yeah. go. So I, I like um, the ice enemies actually too. I like the chill foes. The giant, like, they throw their <laughs> spears at you. Those guys I find are so obnoxious to fight, um, but. They crack me up because, <laughs> like, I get, because, I, you kill them with the ball and chain, right? Yeah. And if you don't time it right, they just screw you up pretty bad. But I always find myself laughing, yeah. you know, when, when I fail at them. So I like them. So shifting gears a little bit, the side content and yeah, the extras. Okay. This is one that we uh, we differ quite a bit on. Yeah. Explain yourself, you um, and your four out of five. Well, there's a lot of things that factor into that. I, I should note that this is was unanimously viewed as the worst thing from the community as well as the staff. It has the lowest scores. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. My theory was that maybe people are thinking again of the overworld and the lack of, like, things populating it. Okay. But I, <laughs> for me, the, that is a problem. But I think within there, there's, like, more to do. That's fun than like a lot of Zelda games. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of stuff when we're talking about side content. So mini games is one. I think there are a lot of fun mini games. Okay. I mentioned the fishing earlier, for example. It's you know, it's not I, I wish it was deeper, but I was there and I was like I was like really enjoying my experience with it. Just in that area alone, there's, you know, two different rides going up and down the rapids that I yep. think are fun. There's also Roll Goal, which I Roll think is, is a, fun. a fun addition. Frustrating a little bit, but it's frustrating. It's kind of silly, but it's you know, there's a million mini games. If you don't like it, it's yeah. not a big deal if you don't play it. And that's just in that one area. I think there but there are a lot of the goats. Who doesn't love goats? <laughs> uh you know, there's the snowboarding, the I think you can go back in sumo, can't you? Or can you not? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Okay. Well, regardless, you get this. That's not a good one. <laughs> oh, I like that one. It's fun. Oh, okay. Uh, there's the, uh, what, the star game. Star game. That one's okay. Shot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the cat one is kind of terrible. But, okay. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of fun games to play, I think. Yeah. The mini games are okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Um. I'm a big fan of the collectathons of Zelda. Yes. I really am. That's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And so this one has really three collectathons. The postals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just frustrating that they're only there. Well, some of them. It's not actually consistent because some of them you can get during the day, but there's no day-night cycle. There's no sun song. 
Yes. Which I think amplifies the frustration with these things. Yeah. Don't really like them. They're not the best of that kind of thing, but to me, they're that I treated them the way I treat a lot of those type of things where I see one, I can get it. Okay, cool. I got 20 okay. on my run, which was enough to get, I don't even remember the reward. Was it like a wallet or something? Um, I don't remember. I know you get the poke clock or the the, 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 lan- the lantern. The lantern, yeah. But Yeah, it's not the best executed of one of those things, but so, you know, it didn't. For me, though, it's like whatever. It's a bonus thing. He gives you a bottle, I believe. Does he give you a bottle? He because he gives you maybe the yeah. That might be if you get all of them, but um, yeah, it's not the best. But for me, it also wasn't bad. It's yeah. not. It's not. It was what I was expecting to get out of it. So yeah, the other one is the golden bugs. They're okay. They're better than the postals, but it's it's it doesn't do anything to. It's just because it just gives you rupees. I uh-huh. guess that's a big thing. To me, it was another one where it's like if I see it, I pick it up. You, you get to give it to Agatha and she's like weird. I at least like that they diversified it a little bit instead of making making it like a lot of one thing, you know what I mean? Oh, I think they did actually with 24 of these and 70 of these. And then the other one is the uh this was new only in the HD version which was the stamps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of weird now cuz it's like an obsolete feature cuz you can't even use the Miiverse. Yeah. So it's like they really have no use at this point. Well, it's to me, it's a fun thing to collect as opposed to just always having too many rupees. I'll, like, I'll give you that. I actually never, and you know, it depends on how you play the game. If you get everything, get all the bugs, you're just always flush with rupees. I was never hurting for rupees, but I also never hit the max okay. this time around. So, and you know, I collect the thing in the dungeon. And I'm like, the okay, wallet cool. sizes, I believe, were bigger in the HD version compared to the regular version mm-hmm. to help, you know, to remedy that problem. But there was times where I was like, Oh, I need a hundred more rupees. Um, oh, I'm gonna. I'll turn in one of my bugs. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to have that there. Yeah. It 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 does. I, like I said, um, the, or like you said, it makes them a little bit kind of useless. Like a lot, like a lot of the things you collect. Yeah. Um, but I just think you know they're fun. They're fun to get. I think in a lot of these dungeons where they are pretty straightforward and you can't really get lost in them, to have some stuff marked on the map. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I missed this to go back and collect adds a little something to it. I do like that there's two heart pieces and there's multiple treasure ch- oh, stamps they added in every pieces. single um, dungeon. Yeah. I like that those are actually things because it mm-hmm. makes you feel like you want to do – like I'm always one of those, I got to get all the treasure chests in every dungeon. And That's, yeah, with the heart pieces in particular, they're more meaningful. Especially because in these dungeons um, – this is – maybe a mark mark back against the dungeons there's never a moment where you're like where do i go i should look at my map Mm -hmm. except for maybe one dungeon for some people but it's never like where am i i gotta look at this map you Mm -hmm. know it's more of like did i get everything yeah that's the only reason you never have more than one key i don't think in (laughs) yeah freaking keys like but so i would like you know maybe like in a perfect world there there wouldn't be as many chests just filled with like blue rupees or whatever and the dungeons would be hard, a little bit more complex with keys to find and stuff like that um so i i gave it a four though because there's a lot of just things to collect and a lot of fun things to do in between mm-hmm. there there's the um the little grottos you go through which i kind of find are fun they're again not it's not like necessary or anything but it's a side collectible yeah. so that's what it was more again more Maybe not style over substance, but it was more quantity over quality. 
mm-hmm. but because it's a side collectible, I thought, hey, that's great. Whatever. Yeah. Lots of stuff to get, you know. Yeah. I, I feel the quantity is, is the is the saving grace behind it. I do like that there's forty five heart there's more heart pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh and I it's worth mentioning the Cave of Ordeals and Cave of Shadows. Good stuff, know. yeah. I don't know about the Cave of Shadows, but the Cave of Ordeals. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the – okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing that we didn't even bring up because maybe, like, we didn't really talk about side quests with this. Like, I think in previous games that, or other games, there's – you know, you do a side quest and you, like, get a heart piece or something. Like, in this, there there aren't really memorable side quests for me. No, outside of, I would say, the Malamart side quests when you're repairing the bridge mm-hmm. and, you know, how, but it – A lot of that is – Give give them enough rupees. Yeah, which is there's already another guy for a heart piece, or it's just give him enough rupees. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that also is what helped from having me having too many rupees. But it wasn't an interesting story or anything right. like that, which I think is a, a step back. I think mm-hmm. um, in some previous games they had started to develop right e- even in well Majora's Mask obviously, but in Wind Waker I think mm-hmm. they even had some okay stuff. Right, and I feel like this. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, I yeah. Think maybe it's because they they put it all into the main game. There's not they, they much. did no. They, they, there's there's no and there's no big trading sequence in this game either. Like yeah, where it involves all these characters to give them more meaning a little bit. Well, there is uh, when you take this letter to Telma and I take this charm to. Yeah, like I think they put it all. They they didn't want you to miss any of it. You know, yeah. they only wanted <laughs> you to miss the. You know, this chest with an orange rupee in it, you know. Yeah. Like. Our last category on the list is the music. And this is one that I was I was surprised that not only the community but and the staff felt was the strongest part of Twilight Princess. Yeah, I guess so, huh? It's and it's it's remarkable because to me, there's some standouts. I really like the hidden village theme. Mm-hmm. I really like um Minda's lament is 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 one of the high points. I I like Minda's theme though, just her regular yes. her regular theme. I like Ilya's theme, and um, a lot of the almost like upgraded or like enhanced versions of songs from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Like and one that stands out to me is Queen Rutella's theme. That yeah, that's it's, a good. That's it's a good the one. Serenade of Water, I believe, mm-hmm. right? And it's like. But it's just so beautiful, and it's like relaxing and soothing, and it fits her character. I get well. She's a well, yeah, yeah. It, I, so there's some highlights, but then the overall, a lot of um, a lot of things I don't really care for. Yeah, I really I don't know why it's liked, but I really don't like the overworld Hyrule no, theme, no field theme. I don't know. I just don't like it at all. Um, there's I like it at nighttime though. It's better. It's okay. Um. <laughs> There, with the there's one thing this game does I like conceptually, uh, which is good. But it I, in execution it doesn't hit for me that well. But uh, the idea of like the reoccurring themes. So you mentioned Midna's theme, mm-hmm. which shows up in Midna's lament, but it shows up everywhere in the game. After mm-hmm. you beat a boss, I think it mm-hmm. plays a version of that. Like it's just in so many little touches here and there. Same, I think same thing with the Hyrule Field theme. Okay. There and like, there's basically like there any imp- semi important theme in this game, they weave it into contextual moments that make sense, or like uh whatever they they do a good job of reusing it throughout the game, uh which I think later Zelda games have kind of picked up the ball of and done it in a more interesting way, but for me a lot of even those themes 
Um, I don't know why. I just feel like they they are kind of bland and they don't stand out to me. Like they sound like like a lesser version of something. Like here, you know, here's the town theme or whatever. And it, it but it, yeah, I don't like that. Theme like at all. it's awful. There's a, <laughs> I I gave it two because I thought nothing is truly awful, but it it's just kind of there. The town theme is awful. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> but Castle I, Town. I can't even think of it that one. Okay, but that's how. But it does sound like how a lot of them do, where like they 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 do a good job of like sounding like the area and like you know blending in. But I feel like that's what they do is they blend in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if it's just the <laughs> this might be a weird thing, but maybe it's like the MIDI of the the sound of these. But to me, like I don't know. It just sound it the way these instruments even sound to me sounds uninteresting. Yeah. So it, I think it's also worth noting that I feel with the Zelda series and particularly some of the games that predated, I think the standard was so high. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause I think of like in terms of the council games in particular, there's more power with the music, but um, like the wind waker soundtrack and the Ocarina soundtrack and the Majora's mass soundtrack they're mm-hmm. they're like, there's just more memorable tunes that are in my favorite songs ever. And, um, yeah, just not doing it for I me. I feel like the music, like a lot of the games, I feel like this game is kind of at a crossroads mm-hmm. of Zelda where it's like it it needs to, like, do something different to shake itself up a little bit, you know? Not, yeah. Not, not, like, totally change things, but, like, it felt like with the music, like a lot of things was, like, doing Zelda stuff you're familiar with, but it didn't really move the needle for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was okay, though. I'm not saying... Because there's yeah, definitely I, some no, songs in there. I, I'm I'm very curious to see, because I know the fans, they gave it an average of a 4.6. So that means more people gave that a perfect 5 than anything. Yes. I'm anxious to see what the community ends up voting on when we get to some of the other titles and how this you know ranks cuz i want to know mm-hmm. like i don't know is 4.6 going to be the highest soundtrack in the series you think like um, i'm yeah i don't know but that kind of brings it to the final right. uh, um you know the final tally you know you can see all the stats there uh clearly the community likes it granted i think you and i are going to probably be more critical yeah yeah so you know if you think our scores are just complete bonkers that's fine. That's okay. That's we, why we <laughs> have all these separate lists here for yeah. for you if you want to disregard ours. So yeah. So um, you know, after each game, after each you know episode, we'll have the rankings, and you'll see. You know, our I think we, at this point we can announce that uh, the second game in the series that we're going to doing for next month is we'll be covering Oracle of Seasons. Uh, so right now the poll is actually already open. You can see it in the description. You can vote. Or if you want to wait and uh, play through the game yourself, uh, it'll be open until uh, February 10th. So go ahead and replay the game. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, you'll see what my rankings are, what Goo's rankings are, what the staff's rankings are, and what the community rankings are. And uh, I'm anxious to see how some of them fit together. But uh, before that, any closing thoughts? on Twilight Princess. Um just kind of like what I said, it, I would, you know, to say we established what all the stars mean, you know, before. So there was bad, okay, good. I'm I'm willing to round mine up to a nice round number, not actually officially, but yeah. F- just for my overall like what do I think of the game? I do think Twilight Princess is a good game mm-hmm. despite all of the 
like negativity. We're being we're being critical here. We're just right. trying to look at it. I think it's a good game, and like I said, I feel like it is, um, it is good because it's just like trying to do what Zelda has done before, mm-hmm. and to me that makes it good. But it, I I almost wanted it to go further, and I don't think the wolf mechanic was necessarily it. You know? Yeah, it it needed something new to bring something new to the series but instead i feel like this wolf element was like a little bit tacked on yeah but it does feel like a kind of a That's celebration right. of a lot of zelda games i was even noticing things from like you know link's awakening in this game you know there's a to get to one area you have to fly with the chicken you know that's that's from Link's Awakening you know they they shouted out even that or you know just the fact that you go into another world and it transforms you into an animal Mm -hmm. so you know it's not just people say it's Ocarina of Time and we compared it to that but I do think it is a fun celebration of every Zelda game that's come before it so for that I would say this is a good game yeah 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 all Zelda games are rated on a scale of 8 to 10 (laughs) <laughs> when when uh when compared to the video game world, but here we're comparing it. Well, at least I am. I'm thinking of it in comparison to the rest of the series. So yeah, my final score averaged out to what 2.4. Um, yeah, that's coming from what I think is maybe the greatest game that ever released for the Nintendo <laughs> Wii. So <laughs> take that how you'd like. Everything's up for interpretation here. It's not as definitive as yeah. uh, Masengu might make it seem. <laughs> but uh, all right, well that's gonna do it. Thanks for watching. Let us know what you thought. Post some comments in the comments. and uh, Post your ratings. Put, yeah, post your ratings. That'd be That'd great. That'd be fun. Yeah. Across the, the 10 categories. And uh, I encourage you all to play along with us. So go pick up Oracle of Seasons if you haven't yet played it or haven't played it in a long time. It's readily available on the 3DS eShop. And um, fill out the form. And uh, we'll see you guys next month. 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 We'll see you guys next month.